It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Chapter 1. Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood, she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colton Molesky, bringing you daily Timberwolves content. If you would like the written form of that content, make sure to check out the Lockdown Wolves Fan Reg website. Also, you can check out past podcasts, prior podcasts on that site. I encourage you to do so. As I've been saying the last few shows, we've had some really great guests the last couple of months. I would encourage you to check out those shows. I uh, re-listen to them. I think a, a bunch of them, especially stuff like the show we did with Jeremy Wu on the draft prospects, the show we did with uh, with Matthew from Conquest Chronicles on uh, kind of viewing the prospects while the tournament was going on, uh, stuff like that, The uh, some of the playoff picture episodes that we've done, all that kind of stuff is still applicable today. It's not like every episode is game recap, stuff like that. So I think a bunch of the episodes would still make great listens. Uh, definitely go check that out. Moving on, we have a very busy show today. Lots of activity over the weekend. Uh, we didn't really get to talk about uh, Jimmy Butler uh, and the Denver loss uh, last week. We had the pre-recorded show with Harrison uh, talking about the takeaways from, I think, that we'll have five years in the future from the Timberwolves and from the Lakers uh, if we're looking at this season as a, a whole. And not really, it's kind of hard to see maybe the overall takeaways while you're in the season, but if we're thinking of the season five years down the line this is kind of what we remember but we didn't get to uh, get to some of the current news so we have a bunch of current news the loss and the win to go over also have the Memphis Grizzlies game that's happening Monday night tonight to talk about so plenty to go over in this podcast uh, where to get where to get to first is really the, the question let's get to the loss against the Nuggets this one was a heart wrencher 196 the Timberwolves lost to the Denver Nuggets, which makes these next couple games increasingly important. Uh, before we really break down the uh, the loss and kind of the nuts and bolts of it, uh, it, it makes in tonight an incredibly important game. Uh, the Timberwolves can clinch a playoff spot tonight 
if they beat Memphis and if San Antonio defeats Sacramento and Denver loses to Portland. So if those three things happen, then they can secure a playoff spot. Obviously, it's a lot easier if they win against Denver and then you all, I hope you all know, unless you are uh, not paying attention to the sports world at all and totally were locked into the Masters, the Timberwolves beat the Lakers on the road. So that does help, but it would have been a lot easier of a week, uh, at least for the Timberwolves faithful, if they had won against the Denver Nuggets as well. But that's the playoff situation they find themselves in now, is that if the those three things happen, they can uh, they can clinch a playoff spot. If they beat Memphis and uh, Denver beats Portland, then the amount of pressure on the game against Denver to finish out the season on Wednesday is just through the roof. But we'll get to that uh, later this week. First of all, let's break down this Denver game. So you had, uh, they were kind of, when we were recording the show uh, leading up to the Denver game that morning, uh, question marks were Derrick Rose, Jeff Teague. They were listed as questionable the morning of uh, when we were doing the show. Later on, it became apparent they were going to play in that game. Derrick Rose ended up playing 14, over 14 minutes. Uh, Jeff Teague had over 35 minutes, a crazy amount of minutes coming back from that knee injury. And Jimmy Butler was dressed. He did not participate, uh, but he was available for that game and ended up being a coach's decision to hold him out. But he was available. He was dressed. Really tough loss for the Timberwolves. 12 lead changes. This was a really a really good game. If you're not a stressed out Timberwolves fan, it was actually a really good game to watch uh, just because of the back and forth here. A really solid performance from both Towns, who had 26 points, 13 rebounds. And you had a good game from Gibson, who had 17 points, 14 rebounds. Teague with 15 and 6 assists. A pretty solid night for him. Really a bummer of a night for Andrew Wiggins was kind of the thing that I was hoping for throughout the course of that game, that he would find a spark. He only ended up with 9 points, 6 rebounds. And he took 12 shots, not sucking up a huge amount of shots. Really even shot distribution, actually, from the Timberwolves, who shot 42% on the night. And that was kind of the first thing that struck me as I'm walking away from this game was if Wiggins can get going at some point in this game, I think it makes a world of difference. Obviously, it only takes a little bit in a four-point game to kind of sway the end result. But I really think that that was the one that stuck with me. Is it, and I was talking about this with Adam, the, the host of the Locked on Nuggets podcast, who was on the show that morning, was if Wiggins can really find a spark here and really get up for this game, I think they actually have this game. Ended up being a lot more of a low-scoring game than both of us anticipated, especially the way the Nuggets had been playing the last couple of games leading up to the, the one against the Timberwolves. For them, really solid performance. I thought that Will Barton was uh, had some really key plays late down the stretch in that game. He ended up with 14 points. And then you had uh, Harris and Murray who had 22, uh, or excuse me, Harris had 20. Murray had 22 points uh, from those guys. Paul Millsap with 12 points. He was another guy I thought uh, you didn't see it in the box score as much, but he just really seemed to do a great job of antagonizing Towns. Again, late in that game, I thought he uh, he came up big and very clutch performance from him. The third quarter really defined this game for the Nuggets. 28-18, they outscored the Timberwolves, and that's when they really kind of gained the advantage. Minnesota with a strong end to the first half, 30 points in the second quarter. But again, that third quarter, 
it just really felt like Paul Millsap, especially in that quarter, kind of got under the skin of Towns, uh, and then he used that to kind of bolster his performance throughout the rest of the second half. But it felt like he was making some plays, uh, felt like Barton was making plays, and then Murray and Harris all game long uh, were shooting very well. Both those guys shot over 50% in that game. And for a team, for the team performance of 39% shooting, to have both those key players shooting over 50%, uh, Harris had 20 points in 20.3 minutes of play. So really good performance for them. And the three-point shooting, too, uh, ended up downing the Timberwolves just because even when they were in it, they shot 25% from three. Even when they're in it, you could tell that was going to kind of be a problem later on. Uh, Bielitsa, he shot two of five from downtown. Towns shot two of five. And you had T going 0 for five. Uh, Jones going 0 for three. Jamal Crawford never really felt his stroke from deep. Uh, one for three. He ended up with nine points. That was kind of the guy uh, when Wiggins went two, one for two. That was kind of the guy you were hoping maybe would shoot a couple times from deep late in that game when they were down and I just never felt their stroke from deep 11 for 36 from downtown for the Nuggets and again Harrison Murray those two guys shooting really well both of those guys shot 50% from three-point range Harris shot five of nine and so that was again that was probably the second thing Town or Wiggins not really getting into a groove especially early when they were seem to be playing uh, pretty well and seem to be handling uh, uh, how well Murray was shooting and uh, the Millsap defense and uh, keeping Jokic somewhat in check. He ended up with 16 points, 14 boards. Uh, even when things were going well at the beginning, you could tell that the Wiggins and the three-point shooting were going to kind of hurt them late and how they would react to those two things. And then Paul Millsap's defense at the end of that game to – uh, keep towns from having uh, to keep towns from taking over the game really helped the Nuggets, but the three point shooting the Timberwolves uh, a real Achilles heel when they they needed it late in this game. Bummer of a game, but again the back and forth eleven times they were tied. Really good game, a uh, really fun game to watch. Uh, really good atmosphere in in Denver, and so they're gonna be a tough team uh, to to beat. On Wednesday, hopefully the Timberwolves can find it in themselves. They'll have Butler back for that one, so I think that'll make a world of difference as well. But tough loss, tough loss for the Timberwolves. Moving on to uh, the uh, the game they had against the Lakers. This one, Jimmy Butler was back for. We're gonna break. I wanted to break this one down a little bit as well before I I move on to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, But first, we're going to have a break for some sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Lakers win was definitely a little, I I don't want to say I was worried about it, uh, but starting out with the back and forth, this was 12 lead changes in this one. I really don't like that the Timberwolves were really close with the Lakers early on. Uh, Minnesota had a 30-point first quarter. Lakers had a 32-point second quarter headed into the half. This was a tight game. And in the third quarter, 29-15, that Minnesota Timberwolves outscored the Lakers. And then 33-23 is how they finished out the game for a 113-96 win over L.A., Really important win because it sets up tonight for to, for the opportunity to clinch a spot, and obviously that's not the case if they lose the Lakers. And I, especially when Jimmy Butler was dressed for the Nuggets and then he was going to come back for the Lakers, I wasn't super worried about it. But it you just it makes you a little uncomfortable with the games that the Timberwolves have played against some down teams. How close it was early on. Had some uh, really a uh, really solid night from Julius Randle, who had 20 points, 10 rebounds on the double double. Uh, Josh Hart looked really good in this one as well. He was a rookie that I liked going into the draft, though. Uh, 20 and 11 rebounds for him off the bench. 32 minutes off the bench for him. Uh, Kuzma only had two points, which is helpful. He never really got going, and he had he went over two from the three point range. And so that was, I think, key was that he wasn't jacking up shots early on. Obviously helpful that you don't have uh, Ingram or Ball in this game. And I think Ingram is a guy who could have potentially really hurt the the Timberwolves with his length combined with his outside shooting. So I was glad that he wasn't in this one to maybe try and galvanize the offense, especially when they were in a tight game early on. Really impressed with Hart, though, coming out of this game. I think he could be a really solid role player for the the Lakers next season. But they had the full complement. Rose, Teague, Butler, all those guys that were injured were back. Butler had 22 minutes. Thank goodness that they only played him 22 minutes is all I can say. I could have definitely seen uh, Tibbs rolling Butler out for a 35-minute night. Glad that he only had 22 minutes off the injury and his return. He had 18 and 10 from Gibson. Two really solid nights back-to-back from Gibson. Uh, Just a side note there. Only 14 and 11 from Towns. Wiggins with 15. 25 points leading the Timberwolves in scoring. Leading all scorers. Jeff Jeff Teague with 28 or 25 points, excuse me, and 8 assists. Uh, He looked really solid. Uh, Did a good job of upping the tempo a little bit for the Timberwolves at certain spots in this game, uh, especially I thought in that first quarter. Uh, like I've said many times, you will tell what kind of night Teague is going to have. I think for the most part in that first 12 minutes, look good pushing the pace of the ball early on, and I, you could kind of tell right away that Teague was gonna was feeling himself a little bit, and uh, it looked like he was a man on a mission. The Timberwolves shot 43%. Uh, which was also uh, very helpful against uh, a young Lakers team. If you can shoot well against a really young team that's not uber great on defense, uh, 
then you're you're able, you're going to be able to outlast them, which is a, a pretty obvious statement. But that's exactly what the Timberwolves did was they shot well against them, and the Timberwolves ha- aren't known for their defense. And so early on, uh, it looked a little bit shaky, but they were shooting well. And the the key guys, you had 18 points from Butler. Uh, you had 25 from Teague. Uh, key guys like that really uh, playing well early on, and you knew they were going to outlast the, the young Lakers. Uh, the really the big takeaway here, obviously, is thank God that Jimmy Butler's back because they're going to need him to close out this season apparently, and that brings us to what uh, is tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. At home for this game, <sighs> gosh, do they need this game, bad guys? Goodness gracious! And this is a team that they have lost to. Can you believe that they have lost to the Grizzlies twice? Twice they've lost to the Grizzlies. 95-92, obviously, uh, against the Grizzlies on the road. December 4th was that game. And then the the much more recent sting against the Grizzlies uh, where they lost uh, what was a, you thought was a gimme game at home, 101-93, to uh, after the Timberwolves had uh, won some nice games against the Clippers and the Knicks. You thought that they would have this one in the bag uh, before they went to play the the Hawks and the Mavericks, and they lose to the Grizzlies again. Now they're back home playing the Grizzlies. They really need this game. It'd be really nice to clinch uh, the playoffs before heading into the Wednesday night game against the Nuggets at home just because the Nuggets are a team that can give the the Timberwolves some problems. They've proven that they can uh, they can play with the Wolves, pushing the game into overtime and beating the Timberwolves. I I just I would feel a lot better if they beat the Grizzlies obviously. I uh, and clinch the playoff spot tonight. Now, of course, Denver has to lose to Portland, but Portland has been a really good team this year. I think that's definitely a possibility. So it'd be nice to clinch the playoff spot right away on on a Monday. Uh, one thing that I was looking at head into this game, uh, and something that caught my attention in the Laker game, I really like the lineup. Now, granted, not a great defensive lineup, but I, I I do like the lineup of Teague, Rose, and Crawford out there when they're with when they're out there. It can be I, I liked it. Uh, I really like it if they had Towns and, and Gorgie out there. I, Memory does not serve who was out there when I saw them play this against the the Lakers. But uh, in the last two games, Teague, Rose, and Crawford averaged 5.3 minutes together and 8 points on the court uh, when they're out there together shooting 40%. Now, you can also throw out Crawford, Jones, and Rose have played 4.9 minutes per game the last two games, and they've averaged 11 minutes or 11 points. when they're out on the floor per game, uh, but the, a combination of those three, if you take, uh, if, if it's either Jones or Teague with Rose and Crawford, offensively, I think that's a really fun lineup because Crawford, again, is kind of the the real threat, consistent threat from downtown for the Timberwolves. I think if Ro- Rose is shown that he can do some off ball stuff for the Timberwolves and he can kind of help with the the pace and transition uh and and run the floor with Teague if they choose to push the tempo not granted that doesn't happen a lot but I think that's a a very valid option if you have Teague or Tyus out there with Rose and they can they can play off each other fairly well 
and then you have Crawford that can either pull a defense to the outside or if you have Teague and and Rose going towards the basket uh, it can fill that open void on the outside uh, to pass out to I just it's just a little thing but it doesn't seem to work to try and feed the ball a ton of times in against the Grizzlies. I, I think that's kind of what you're looking for is a Gasol against against Towns, and that's kind of playing to the advantage of the Grizzlies is putting their big man and probably their best player right now, Gasol, uh, up against Towns and really kind of making him the premier guy for the Grizzlies. I think that's what they want, and that's who they want you to go to is Gasol to kind of mask the problems they have outside of uh outside of him and all all over their roster and so if they run a little bit more of a small ball lineup and and play a little bit faster paced offense uh again I know that the Timberwolves don't play a lot of fast paced up-tempo offense but against the Grizzlies I just don't think they have the pure talent to make that switch and so running a little bit or and it doesn't even have to be for the bulk of the minutes but if they have a lineup where they have 15 minutes tonight uh with that small ball where you have Tiger Jones with Crawford and Rose and you're able to push the tempo a little bit more uh you're able to play a little bit faster I think that's going to really uh put the Grizzlies in a tough spot because I don't think they have the the playmakers to make the adjustment and they're they just don't have enough talent and uh, mixed with roster depth to make that switch. Hopefully, that's something that you can see. Uh, again, Tyreek Evans isn't in the lineup for them with the injury, so I, I think that you just have to try and make an advantage at a guard out of the Timberwolves. What the Timberwolves have, and with Tyus and and Derrick Rose on the bench, uh, the guard spot is actually pretty deep for them now. So if you can make an advantage there. I think that that will put Memphis on their heels, and that's when you start feeding Towns is when they're on their heels, and now you go to your big guy, and you, you put the the Grizzlies behind the eight ball score-wise because if you pay, play towards their one strength, I think that is just going to just gonna hurt the Timberwolves. So that's kind of the big thing that I'm looking for. Obviously, I hope that Jimmy Butler only plays another 20-minute night. I think that he'll still have a huge impact on this game in 20 minutes, and I think that uh, he had four steals in his first game back. I think that he's going to cause some turnovers. He's going to make buckets off those turnovers, and if you have him out there uh, with some guys uh, who are going to push the tempo, I really like when he and Tyus Jones play together and they can – go for the steals those guys just create turnovers all over the place when they're on the court so if they can create some turnovers and some easy buckets off those early you pull Butler out of the lineup you hit him with the fast pace and then the fourth quarter you feed Towns and when you have uh, an eight point lead a ten point lead you really just slow the game down so there's no chance of Memphis uh, grabbing a couple a couple transition buckets to get back into it you slow the pace of the game down and you give the ball to your second best player on the team in Towns and you feed him throughout the fourth quarter. That's kind of what I'm hoping for from the Timberwolves. Uh, Those are a couple of things that I think would really work well against the Grizzlies. And again, you... I think you want to jump out to that lead early, and uh, if t- if all of Butler's minutes can come in the first half, I think that means that you're probably leading by 12 at halftime, and then you can you can kind of uh, not put it in cruise control, but uh, you can assume that the lead is safe enough where you won't need Butler again. 
and you do not want to play him big minutes because you want you want to keep him uh, refreshed for the Denver Nuggets game. You want to keep him refreshed for the playoffs. Uh, so th- these are the the things I'm looking for heading into this game. I predict a win for the Timberwolves. This is I think that Butler just with some of the things that you saw him saying before he was even was back, and then the way he galvanized this team uh, upon returning. I think that he just really gets everybody everybody's button gear and, and pushes them to a victory. Uh, and I think that he is it's just so much of a relief for a lot of these players to have him finally back in the lineup uh, that they. Uh, they get a win. Hopefully that means that they clinch a playoff spot, but I'm predicting a 105-92 to 92 victory for the Timberwolves. I know it's a bold score uh, after two losses to the Grizzlies and how some of the games that the Timberwolves have played against down opponents have panned out, but that's my prediction. Those are a couple of things I'm hoping for, uh, and, and that's all I have for you guys. So enjoy the game tonight. I, hopefully hopefully we are rewarded after a, an exciting but up-and-down season with a clinched playoff spot tonight, first time in a long time, uh, and a good way to cap off the first 40-win season since the KG Big Ticket era. Thank you so much for for grabbing the podcast, for downloading and listening to another Locked On Wolf podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.